Hey y'all, this is Laura with For Collared Girls. It has been a while since you've heard from us, but don't fret, we're still here and we're looking forward to sharing with you our next season. But for now, check out this bonus episode from our time at Wild Goose. Peace, love. See you soon. We are For Collared Girls. noise for me <laughs> all right all right okay you can come closer we all took showers today we did we smell good you know i got my sandalwood on <laughs> you're gonna stay over there you know what yeah. i respect you well for done. that i respect you for that smell good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you um all right so today we're going to be talking about self-care and sanctuaries no yeah yeah and laura's going to start us off with that and yes. like lead us into our topic yes so if um we hope please go follow us on twitter we have a website for collargirls.com um and we've really been engaging in the topic about self-care um, but when we came here i really wanted to figure out like what is underneath this conversation around self-care right we talk about it it's good we're like you know sip some tea take your bath but what really is there and being um like that we're in the church, a really important thing that I've even discovered is the importance of space, physical space. Um, my first appointment at a seminary, I was appointed to a very large church in downtown Baltimore. Um, it is a giant cathedral. Um, and I was the first African-American female at this church. Um, and there was a lot of tension, but the tension that I didn't, um, I wasn't fully aware of was a physical space. So when you walk into my main sanctuary and the ceilings are about 90 feet tall, um, there are faces of white men that are carved where the ceiling and the wall meets. Um, and they're constantly staring at you. And um, now this church was built and it excluded um, people of color. It wasn't built for anyone who looked like me. And I was thankful to be able to be in a, a congregation that I could share that with. Um, but then it made me realize how important um, physical space is and having things and um, just people in your space that remind you of who you are and your God-created purpose. So that's really what we wanted to talk about today is how you connect with God in your space, but how your space also cares for you. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so what is super important about this is that as Laura stated, self-care is more than a hot bath and a massage in like five minutes. It's you have to be very intentional about how you live and where you live your life and who you allow in your life and all these things. And um, I grew up in a black church. Um, I had a black uh, pastor. She was a woman. She's actually the grandmother to my youngest brother. And um, so like my experience with church as a kid was black, powerful women speaking the gospel with these beautiful, beautiful robes and big heels and big voices and singing and all that stuff and then I joined the Lutheran church and it's not like that <laughs> at all um, at all and um, as being in a Lutheran church shout out to Amazing Grace um, uh, the wider whiter church um, I was just thrust into it and there were no there weren't a lot of spaces for like young black girls from the hood to like have healing and have space and to see someone that looks like them preaching or that's the bishop or that's a pastor um 
So like what I've started to do and Fakala Girls has been really good at that is when I would go to conferences, I would like find my people and like we're going to hang out today and talk about our day and uh, <laughs> we're going to talk and we're going to pray and we're going to cry and we're going to air out our frustrations. And after that happened every night and we would go back into these very, very rigid spaces, um, I just felt refreshed and like anew and like the spirit could really move through me because there was someone else that understood what it was like to be the other and to um and to like kind of be tokenized a little bit and to feel eyes on you all the time because you couldn't just blend in because you can't blend in when you're the only person of color anywhere mm -hmm. um so yeah uh building those spaces those lifelong friendships the elca just had that youth gathering not about two weeks ago in houston and like people i met when i was 16 were all like 26 27 and we're like remember when we used to stay up all night and talk about how white this is and we're like yeah and now we're all like i'm uh, did videography and one of my friends she got to um, have a whole space that she just filled with color and her whole team were people of color and her her um, mural that she did she did the road to Emmaus and it was filled with people that looked like us and it was like 10 years ago we were craving this and now the people that are coming up after us have it have it in a way that is like very powerful that I never thought that this would happen yeah you feel me yeah, yeah. 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 yep a lot of talking <laughs> no good good talking yeah. um so I also grew up in a similar situation as Maya. Um, I grew up in a black church until I was about maybe 12, 13. And then I moved to the burbs and realized that the world was not the same as I uh, thought it was. Um, and then I realized that I was an other. Um, that was the first time that I actually experienced being an other. Um, and then still stayed at the church that I grew up in, but I had to live between two worlds, um, which was super hard. And then somehow ended up in the ELCA as well, one of the widest denominations. Um, and I'm in seminary and uh, to be a pastor, and that is like, huge for me uh, to try to find spaces where I can be authentic um, because I find that especially in the way that things are run that when you're a pastor you kind of have to put sometimes put aside your own self right to serve others and I think it's a lot to ask uh, pastors of color to put aside who they are like their whole personhood so that others who they are serving can feel comfortable and at home. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying to really think about, okay, what part of that am I really gonna take on and what part of that am I going to decide that's not what I'm what I'm gonna do, right? And how I can live authentically within my purpose and who I am and be exactly who I'm supposed to be and who I am and serve people and they'll they'll be okay, right? Um, and so for me, sanctuary is finding those spaces where I can see myself reflected mm -hmm. and also where I can just be who I am. Mm -hmm. No no restrictions, right? Yeah. Not all our ratchet. And all our ratchet. All of it. Just bring your whole self. Yep. Big old hoops. Right. You know, crazy hair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Locks and all. So yep. Yep. figuring out how you can stay within your own self and be who you are mm -hmm. in spaces that are not made for you mm -hmm. to begin with mm -hmm. is a very difficult task. Mm -hmm. And so for us, this conversation is also weaving through what that looks like. What does that look like to be who you are, right? What does that look like to express who you are knowing that that might actually make some people uncomfortable even though it probably shouldn't.
mm-hmm. right? And so that's the other part of it for me too, is like mm-hmm. a sanctuary is also a place where you can be who you are mm-hmm. and it's okay mm-hmm. to be all of that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I'll add, even coming here <laughs> to Wild Goose, it reminds me, cause I grew up in a white church um, in a white United Methodist church. And we did, I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with Ichthus and Wilmore, Kentucky. Yeah, okay, All yeah, right, there we, we see go. You back there. Woo. So I went to Ichthus. <laughs> yes. And I was the only person of color in a sea of a couple hundred people. And it was very isolating um, because I, either I was the token person for all of the questions. I was, um, whenever Kirk Franklin played, uh, I was expected to dance along, but I had mercy or expected to know all the lyrics, but I did know all the lyrics. Did you stop? And I stopped. You stopped. Did you And worship and everything. Only one. Keep going. But when everyone. <laughs> Only one. Nobody else you. can catch it. They on the one and the three. Right. Right. Yeah. Lord. Just keep it going. Lord. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Everyone, no, no, no. That's what it is. But when everyone expects you to teach them the dance or to teach them the lyrics, it gets pretty lonesome and mm. exhausting. Yeah. And so the reason why we're having this conversation is because one, when you have people of color in your spaces, you can't just automatically expect them to represent all of what blackness is because blackness is a diverse experience and it is not just one thing Mm. but um it matters when we consider the spaces that we go into and the spaces that we create that we are valuing our specific melanated identities. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, yes. say, say that again. Come on, pastor. No. Can you Come say on, it again? preach now, pastor. Specific melanated identities. All right, that's, that's a preach. t-shirt. It is a it t-shirt. Is that's a t-shirt. Next time. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I think um, for uh, my white brothers in the room, like when you're doing your sermons, do you look into womanist theology? We have our womanist midrash in the house on the table. When you are putting together pieces, when you are leading Bible studies, like who are the other women of color that you are inviting into conversation with you on a daily um, basis uh, during your Sunday preparation? Because that is very much a part of creating safe spaces for us. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and it's also inclusive. It, like, I find that the conversations around our churches and around our communities is about diversity, but diversity doesn't speak to inclusion. Diversity is bodies in a place, and oftentimes, the the call to diversity is just to bring more people who don't look white into a space, so you can say we've done everything we can, and that's not really welcoming. It's right. definitely not a sanctuary. And it's dangerous, and it is dangerous mm-hmm. because then we become tokenized, like you mm-hmm. were saying, mm-hmm. or it becomes a space where you have to represent mm-hmm. a Everybody. whole community mm-hmm. when we not like right. we not homogenous, y'all. Nope, not at all. Um, my uh, new phrase is assimilation is death. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like when you when you have to choose between yourself mm-hmm. and your survival, yes, and yep. you choose your survival and you lose whole pieces of yourself like what does that do to you right like how do you come back from that mm-hmm. and um i know some people we all know some people we are some some of us might have assimilated ways holla you know but like when you lose yourself 
and then you find a place where you can be yourself that can be kind of daunting mm-hmm, because yeah. you're faced with the fact that damn for a long time I was denying my whole person right my whole person and then you run into someone who doesn't deny their person who is just as black as they can be or as Latina as they can be or as like as white as they can be you know and they're just themselves and that's like damn uncomfortable for me right. you know um I'm not sure where I was going with that. No, that's no, good. It's good. That's it was good. good. Keep going. Sure. You just let it roll <laughs> I, out. I was just letting it go. That was good. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, assimilate like like uh Diversity Diversity in a lot of cases Means assimilation mm-hmm. yep. It doesn't mean Come and join us And teach yep. us your songs And yeah. teach us how you sing Right And like include us It yeah. means Come Sing this From this green exactly. book That we've been singing from For 300 Not years the green book Listen Okay <laughs> Y'all got green books? No, okay. We got the we got the green book. We got the red book. <laughs> we got the um maroon one. The maroon. The, yeah. This fall this fall by faith. Lord you know? of mercy. Um. So like, I think that's really interesting as not just in church but in culture. Period. When they like diversify, come and join us. It's not like come and teach us about you. Right. It's come do what we're doing. Exactly. Because we don't want you to be different than us. Yeah. But you're way different than us. And instead of being open to that, they're not. Yeah. It's yeah. like clothes like yeah. a clam in the water right no pearls that's not welcoming yeah clams don't make pearls though it's oysters oh yeah uh, yeah you're right yeah you're right hey it's okay you, you were we got ocean. what you, you were trying to say though y'all got it we got it exactly we good? okay all right. right all right so the other part too about that inclusion is to see other people as fully and wholly divine in their own right 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 and i don't think as as communities, that that's how we translate what other people are to us, right? What we translate is that we have the answer and they need to know about it. Right. And reality is, oftentimes, the other has the answer that you probably are seeking. Mm-hmm. But because we haven't been open to that, then we right. lose out, right? And so that's the other part of inclusion that's the other part of being a sanctuary is allowing people like I said before to be who they are and if you're uncomfortable dealing with that on your own dealing with that uncomfortableness Mm. but being willing to be uncomfortable for the sake of the community right right? because it makes us all whole when we're all able to be who we are right right Right. that's the sanctuary that'll preach that'll preach that'll preach that's how if you listen to our podcast you'll hear us say that'll preach a lot a lot it's like after somebody say something like yeah that's our yes that's That's our our yes yes. i mean i still say yes but that'll preach is like a little shorter (laughs) whatever um (laughs) so we're gonna move it along yeah yeah yeah. Um, we can we got a word from our seminarian we do have a word word. hey okay so I get really excited when I do these things. So. She's so happy right now. I do now. get really happy. Okay. So I want to share the story of Miriam and the people of Israel after they have escaped from Pharaoh and they have gone through on dry land. So the one that I'm going to talk about is Exodus 15, 19 and 25. Right before then is uh, Exodus 15, 1 through 18 is Moses' song. So, or... The song attributed to Moses, right? Because the part that I'm going to talk about is actually older. Many scholars believe it's actually older than that part, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it's Miriam's song, all right? Boom. Okay, just just saying. Okay, so... 
the way it starts is the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his chariot drivers, they went into the sea and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophetess Miriam, Aaron, Aaron's sister, yeah, um, took a hand drum in her hand and all the women um, went out after her with the hand drums and they were dancing and singing and Miriam sang this to them, sing to Adonai for she, my translation, has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider, she has thrown into the sea and she starts to sing and the women sing and then she invites everybody else to sing which are usually the men because the women were already singing. And then they get to a place afterwards where um, Moses orders the Israel to keep Israel to keep going and then they get to a water which is very bitter. And when they get to the water that is bitter, what do the people do? What do you think they did? Cry? They cry. What they do? It's bitter. They complain. I mean. I mean, they just saw a whole army go in the water. But think about it. But why the water salty, though? Like, but think about, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can the water be fresh, too? Like, I mean, we like, went all this way. Why are we here? I mean, God. Like, I, oh, my God. Why is this happening? Okay, so I used to think that way when I read this story, right? Why are they complaining? They just saw like God do this miraculous thing. They just got free from Pharaoh and his people. Think about Flint though, mm. right? How would you feel if you are traveling for three days straight? Y'all thirsty, y'all want some water. Mm-hmm. Y'all come to the water and it's dirty like it is in Flint. Y'all can't drink the water. What y'all gonna drink? What y'all gonna do? Spit. You gonna spit? Cool. We gonna spit? Yeah. We not gonna. No. But nobody. What else mama told you gonna them to do? do that? Like, okay. of course you gonna complain, right? Mm-hmm. Grumble. Be angry. I mean, you're thirsty, right? So they complain, and then Moses goes to God, and God's like, "All right, <laughs> fine. I guess I can give you some water. I guess you can have water. <sighs> Take this wood, throw it into the sea, and then the water was sweet, right? So." I'm lifting up this story though because of the dance and the song before they reach the bitter waters. That to me is the sanctuary. That's the place where the Israelites were able to finally have some peace and some joy. Right? This is one of the first um, liturgy of liberation. This was a song that Miriam shared with the people um, called the Song of the Sea. And in this song, in this dance, they were finally able to rejoice in the freedom that they finally had after being in, in captivity for so long. Mm. Right? Once they're free, they were able to have joy. That was their sanctuary. They were able to be who they were. They were able to dance and sing in their own language. They were able to move about and they rejoiced. And guess what happened? It prepared them for the next time, which was going to be in three days where they didn't have the water, right? And so while we can look at the Israelites and be like, come on y'all, get it, get it through your thick heads. Think about how their humanity was then acknowledged in this space of joy and and praise and worship and dancing and how Miriam led the people into this beautiful space and what she had prophesied had finally come true. Mm. They were free, 
right? So that to me is a space of sanctuary. Mm. It's joy. Mm-hmm. It's ha- it's it's not just happiness. It's like finally tasting the freedom that you knew was available for so long. And I think it's important because so many of us. I'll speak for myself, right? I feel often the weight of the world of oppression, of feeling like I have to always be on, always have to get through the next day. What's next? How do I? How am I making it through this space, right? And I can't even tell you how wonderful it feels when I can take a moment to just be myself and have joy. Mm. It does prepare you for the next time. So yeah. Definitely. Um, sometimes you just need a twerk break, you know? You know? Right. You gotta put some music on. Right. Stand in front of the mirror. Exactly. And like love yourself, sis, you right. know? Cause we are. Um, James Baldwin has a, uh, a quote mm-hmm. to be, uh, what is it, to be woke. It's not woke, but it's like to be aware and black in America is to be in a state of um, constant rage. Yeah. Yep. I mean, dang, can I get a breather? You know, right. sometimes you need some black girl magic, some black girl joy to, to shake it off. Cause the world is a lot and we live in systems that are designed to keep us oppressed right yes they are designed like some men old white men years ago designed these to make sure that they will always be on top right Mm. and like once you're aware of that and you see that everywhere every single place you look that's damn that's like that's a lot that's a lot you know I need a drink yeah you know and so we twerk and so we twerk yeah and we laugh we cackle a whole lot from our soul like real loud we clap when we we clap when we have fun, you know. Not on the one and the three. Nope. <laughs> on beat. On on the. Hey hey hey. That was la- that was not as loud as it could have been because I wasn't planning on clapping, but it happened. <laughs> the spirit and all that. So um, I wanted to say something, but it's gone now. That's okay. That was I can't good. Even, come back to it. I'll come back. It, right. It'll come back in a circle. Yep. Cause it's a circle. Hey. Life is a circle. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I I'm just thinking as I mean as we've shared the story of Miriam about my own experience. Mm-hmm. Um so as I said, I pastored in Baltimore for 3 years and left the church um, because I felt suffocated. Mm-hmm. I felt like I couldn't really be my whole self. And it wasn't that my congregation didn't love me because they loved me a lot. Um but I think I'll speak for my denomination. I am United Methodist, but I think one of our largest challenges is that we really don't understand what cross-racial appointments look like, the language um, and what is necessary in order to really care for the pastor and the congregation. Um, And it wasn't until I left the space and uh, uh, yeah, Reverend Dr. Lisa Rhodes um, at Union Theological Seminary, she had um, what is known as the RISE Network Mentor Program. Are you okay? (laughs) I just had to name that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. It's a big key. Oh, you know, I've done that a lot. Um, 
but it is it was like the inaugural meeting for women of color um, innovators uh, women in ministry and when you walked into the chapel um, the pillars in the chapel were all um, surrounded by Ankara um, and my parents are from a small country in East Africa Burundi uh, close to Rwanda um, and Ankara for myself and our culture represents celebration and so to exit my space that was where I was inauthentic and to enter into a space where I could celebrate was that freedom and joy like I understand like where the people of Israel were um, where they were with that because I was in that same place too and it wasn't until I was able to be completely authentic in my whole self that I was like wow this is joy and um, I was oppressed. And I was oppressed. Right. Yeah, that too. Right. And I think the hard thing about sometimes you are moving and working and you're in the system of oppression so much that you don't even realize that it's a struggle right. until right. you're in the hospital or right. until you're sick or until something, a crisis happens and you need to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the church being oppressive Mm. because I don't think we talk about that enough, Mm -hmm. right? And I think the reason why that's important is because oftentimes the, the conversation around why people have left or do leave the church is because of their own sinful nature or because the church isn't being cool enough mm-hmm. or something like that. Like they trying to be cool. Um, but <laughs> that was shade. Uh, sorry. Um, and the sun went away. Yeah. <laughs> but it. it but true, true story, like, what about the people who leave because they are oppressed by the church and they are seeking sanctuary elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Where is that space for them when it comes to their spiritual walk with God? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about that and then we can, yeah, move on. Yeah. Um, so Laura has this amazing story, right? Can I? Is it okay if I share just a little bit of yeah, it? Yeah, go or? for it. <laughs> so when she was a little kid, she asked her dad, "Am I going to heaven?" And he's like, "Why, baby?" I'm not sure if he said "Why, baby?" Like That's that. Ad- You're ad libbing. I'm yeah, ad libbing a little bit. It's cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Why, baby? She's like, "Cause I don't. When I go to church, I don't see anyone that looks like me on the walls. Like the prophets and the saints, they don't look like me. And my pastors and your yeah. pastors and mm-hmm. the and." that's when I heard that story I had to like take a jolt like wow we really don't see ourselves Mm. unless unless you are in like an an intentional your parents or whoever you are you are intentional about where you worship intentional about the time and the space and who you allow your children to be around but if you just go into church and you live in the suburbs or you live in in the suburbs because y'all lived in the suburbs yeah that's true and it's just like oh Jesus is a white man and you're like well if Jesus is a white man will Jesus save me because I'm not a white girl right. you know my hair not straight it's, it's blonde right now but that's only because of the bleach you know <laughs> like where where do we find that connection to God when we see God as this this big man in the sky with a white beard and a white man who's like you're doing wrong right. you know um, I think something that's really good about us is that when we name God we call her she and when I see God, I see God in the moth in like everything. Like I spent so much time in the river this weekend, you guys. So much time in the river praising praising my gods, you know? Like, whew. That was a moment. I felt the spirit just rolling down my my back. Um anyway, when you're when when you grow up in spaces where you don't see yourself, what does that do to you? 
What about when you grow up in spaces where you do see yourself, but it's still oppressive because you're a girl? Ooh, ooh, Lord. How about that? How about how about I intentionally wear clothes, short clothes to church to make the church mothers upset? Right. Just to get like. <laughs> I, I intentionally don't wear a bra so I can get them looks. Say something. Yeah. Jesus I, loves you, child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you forget the rest of your skirt today? Oh, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite church mother, like Shay Remarcus. You look hot. I'm like, it is hot outside. It's, hot outside. <laughs> it's those one liners, like, hmm. <laughs> That's what we came out the house in today. Yeah. Yes. yes. And God yes. loves me just the way I am. Yeah, you are. You know, because yes. I'm sure God didn't give me all this body for it to be, you know, in a long skirt in 70, well, not 70, 90 degree weather. Right. And I'm sweating and uncomfortable. And, and being told that my body is the distraction instead of being told, men being told to like look inside themselves and to control their lust, you know? Yeah. Can we get a, yeah. can I get a. All right, because I know I'm not the only woman in here. And I know we'd be policed heavily. Often. Every day. So, right, so then that's also speaking about not seeing God as a reflection of who you are, right? right? Because in that that moment, God is still a he, Mm -hmm. right? And then he does not like your body Mm -hmm. being a temptation for the male gaze, Mm. right? Where where the gospel? Where's the gospel in that? Ain't no. I'm uncertain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want to so that I think that naming that as well, right? When we're talking about sanctuaries, especially for mo- many of us who are religious um, and are in churches, right? Oftentimes we want to assume that our churches are places of sanctuary, but they're more oppressive, and yeah. we need to flood leave that so the floods can come and we can go on dry ground and praise in a different way. And get our right? song on. Get our song and dance on. Twerking, if you will. <laughs> I like Lord, that you said, I should have said that in my translation. Listen, listen. Lil' twerking never hurt yeah. nobody. So Marion right? took her so, hand drum and then bit. she started twerking and then the women came with her and then they started twerking. And they started twerking. And then they were like, then they join us. And the men were like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. Right? But That's my to. translation. It for that. Hey. Alright. Get it, dummy. Okay. So we're about to have a Q&A with you guys. You up to talk with us? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got some questions. Got some comments. Um. So we're just going to open it up with this one question and then let the floodgates. <gasps> Thank you, Russ. Got the mic. Look at, look at you. Look at I you. I have to ask. Okay. All right now. Um. So we're going to open it up with this question. <laughs> what ways do we connect with, with God? I cannot read. Give me a second. What ways do we connect with God or that lead to healing? Mm -hmm. What ways do we connect to God that lead to our healing? There we go. There we go. There we go. It was one too many thats and I'm dyslexic so it was like boop, 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 boop. So what ways do we connect to God that lead to our own healing? The floor is open. The floor is open. Yeah. Anybody? Anybody. Going once. Yeah, well, give me a minute. You're we'll right, you Trish. You're oh, right. Okay. You're right. right. You're right. We're going to give you a second. Okay. I would say probably Oh, can you tell us your name? Where are you from, real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. Who you be? <laughs> that was Hello. All right. So, I'm Rachel. I'm from Wisconsin. And are you a Lutheran? 
Yeah. Oh. I knew it. We Wisconsin, Lutherans, yep, come on now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wisconsin, Evangelical Lutheran Synod. I hate it. I was born into it. And um, I recently went to my brother's church, and he started out at the Wells Church in New Orleans, but then he went to a Baptist church, which was way better. And um, we, th- we did this thing where we prayed, and there's like an interceder. Do you guys ever have that? Mm-hmm. You know, you like pray with someone? Mm-hmm. And I- yeah. Sure. And um, that's like the most I felt connected to God in a long time, just mm-hmm. like being with someone. Because in the Wells, it's all very sit in your pew, be mm-hmm. quiet. Are you clapping in church? What are you doing? Stop. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like the community. I feel connected to God through other people, like singing and praising. Mm-hmm. And you feel God. This is what God wanted us to do. He wanted to be a community, praising Him and spreading the gospel that, hey, you guys, we love each other. God loves you. And he, she wants to go to heaven. Whoever God is, He loves us. And that's what He wants for us. He wants us to love each other. And <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so in com- in community, yes. right? Having having that space where we're all together, worshiping together. That's healing. Yeah. I like it. I like Thank it. You. I like it. Thank you. I'm you looking at you, Trish. Ooh. I'm looking at you. Can we get a mic to Trish first, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Trish looked like she had something important. To say. I felt she was like she, I'm I ready. felt it in my spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and go right into it. Right here. Ooh. Oh, there she is. Hi, my name is Trisha. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm part of the United Methodist Church. Um, my he- healing with God is in specific women spaces for Black women. Like mm. that is where God is for me at every point in my life. That's mm-hmm. where it's always been. And whenever I go someplace, I'm always like Black women, Black women, Black, 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 Black women. You know, like this yeah, is yeah, yeah. this is a place where I can be. There's people here where I can be safe, and there's people here where where God is because God is specifically Black women for me. Mm. That'll preach. I I then I connect with that on so many levels. Cause for me. Again, I grew up like with the, a black pastor, this dynamic woman. Oh my gosh! Woo. Anyway, so like I always saw God as this like beautiful black woman with like curly hair that was just sweating while she preached because she really had that good word. And when you got that adrenaline pumping, your sweat come down. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. And I missed out not having that. Um, so I'm a podcaster too. So how much time do I have? Um, not long. <laughs> yeah, 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 not, not long. long. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm Becky. I'm from Oklahoma City. Um, and for me, I experienced God the most when um, uh, a, a group of us who are in a, um, a supporters group of another podcast um, just up and went to the wedding of um, one of the members of that group because his fiance's um, like pretty much everyone who his fiance had invited to the wedding um, decided not to come because they were a gay couple. And um, it was in Texas, it was in Dallas, and people from Oklahoma, from Indiana, from Iowa, um, and from Texas showed up who had never met him in person. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, they felt the need, heard a need, and came to be supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, in a real life, 
a real life uh, embodiment of the um, the wedding banquet where no one who was invited showed up, but the people on the street just came in mm-hmm. and just here's an opportunity mm-hmm. to show up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That community piece is important. Yeah, community. Oh. My podcast is The Twisted Sisters. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. That means you will be on this stage tomorrow night. Um, All right. Yes, I will. With okay. Charles. Okay. So we're going to open it up for, oh, yes, right here. Yeah. Come on, sis. Whatever. Come on. Yeah, yeah come sorry. On. We don't reach you. We don't reach you. Can we just shout out this whole look, this whole aesthetic that's coming to the mic that's right now? That's what I said when like, I saw her. Right. Okay. Okay, sis. (laughs) Looking beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm Suzanne, and uh, I love that you all, or maybe was it you, you brought up like you wear whatever you want to church, because I was just talking to him. We were having a conversation today, and I was like, why do I have to hide my body? Because Mm -hmm. my body, because a man can't control Mm. his design. Right. Like, that is so unfair. And so that also leads me to like how I experience God, and it's definitely an essential way through my body Mm -hmm. um, and through movement. And I love dancing, you know? And I grew up just going to parties and dancing. It just felt so good. And um, I noticed I never felt that good, like, in church, in the Episcopal church, where, you know, we don't clap, we don't do nothing. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ooh, you smiled really hard. <laughs> not do that either. Um, too much, too much, yeah. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, just, like, bringing the body back into my spirituality and my praise it's just so important. Mm-hmm. And I think that feels so natural to most people, but really natural to women and people of color and like not like separating it. Like this is what you do at night, undercover in the dark. This is dirty and then you clean up and then you go to church. You know? Yeah. Like how do we bring both of those together? Right. That's what I'm working on. Yeah. yeah. Just being who you are. Yeah. In the space. I love it. We have one more over here, right? All right gonna wrap it up with you well I do want to add that there's a journey to kind of figuring out that intentional process of what are the things that bring you healing what are the practices that connect you with God Mm -hmm. right it's not immediate Um, I know that even in my own journey it took time um, because I wasn't embraced by the African American community listen uh, at all Um, my parents are African immigrants and all those terrible names like I received them and so it wasn't until I got older and began to really think about who I am and my God created purpose that I was like oh yes in being in diverse communities with multiple people of color that that is a welcoming space for me Um, but that took a lot of time um, and then a lot of intentionality about accepting like what what is for me. So yeah, but go ahead. All right, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'll preach. Lead it in. There it is. <laughs> My name is Mark um, Miller, and uh, I live in Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, I'm United Methodist, uh, working in a UCC American Baptist Church as a musician, and. I grew up in um, mostly white space, uh, adopted by white parents, and that was my kind of reality. Um, and felt I like I belong, but I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. So it felt safe because it was my family, but it didn't quite feel right. Mm-hmm. And then 
I got a church job in Harlem at a Baptist church. Oh, right now. Right. And uh, so there I experienced like a sense of belonging like I never have before. Like I, I can't even put it into words. The, the, the thing I was feeling in the community and God's presence. At the same time, as a gay person, I had never felt such rejection right, in, right. In, uh, in that space. Yeah. And so it's kind of, I, I needed a place where I felt like I could belong and contribute. And But like you said, Laura, mm-hmm. that eventually I had to kind of grow into the fact that I wasn't going to feel comfortable anywhere, mm-hmm. it, like at home in any place, mm-hmm. but there but there were little pieces of home in every place. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that I was called to be in a place to help that community grow and that community is helping me grow. So there are things that we could learn from us, learn from each other. um, But I have to tell you guys, uh, the first time I've heard you, the collar girls, with your collars and your collars. (laughs) And our greens. uh, And your greens. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very healing. Like you asked where I find healing. Just hearing you all speak, it's incredibly powerful. Um, And I feel like you're bringing all of us together in a great way. That moment. All right. I don't know what to do with that one. Wait, hold on. (laughs) All right. All right. Now you know those moments when you're like, should I keep doing this? And then you get dead. It's like, yes. Yes, you you should. should. Um, Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Mark. Give me a minute. Give me a minute to breathe that in. Hold on one second. All right. We can take a group breath. You ready? We wanna go in for three. And out for three. One more time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh, that was beautiful. That was- Look at you. Thank you. Look at God. Oh, Look she, at God. Oh, she, oh, she knew it. Okay. Um, okay, so one more thing, just to add to what you were saying about finding yourself, right? I will um, point this out. I think once you get to that place, so this is where I'm at too in my journey, is um, really finding where my authentic voice is. Like, who am I in all of this? And I hope that I never find out because it's a beautiful thing to keep going with it. Um, But when you find yourself in that space where you're really like, like really embracing that, like you are able to share that with so many people and that is also healing. I think when we decided that this was important, that's when we started to share the gift and that's the affirmation for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Am, am I right? Yeah. Definitely. Not speaking for yeah, y'all, no. right? Definitely. Okay, so Definitely. I just thank you for that and yeah, all right. Yeah. So uh, we have it's about one forty-five. Mm-hmm. So we have like a few. We're good. We got fifteen right. minutes. Would you like to keep talking or? Let's open it up for some questions. Yeah, yeah. Right? Do you guys have any questions? Anything that come to mind? Comments. Okay. Y'all huh? quiet? Come on now. Hey. All this kiki and we doing. Y'all got nothing yeah. to say? <laughs> <laughs> Huh? Got here late. I'm not sure what's going on. Oh. oh. Well, welcome. That's cool. Hello. We're for college girls. <laughs> this is a podcast. You came to a podcast. All right. Um, uh, yeah, so. Oh, All right. Yeah. I like your shirt. Thank you. That's like uh, the Spider-Man when, what's his name? Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man. That's his. Yeah. Mm, he was a 
good Spider-Man, I, like I guess. I like him. He cried a lot for me. I, I, like I don't know. He's a little that's, soft. That's, that's like my... No, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I could talk about Spider-Man all day. Yeah. Um, my name is Derek. I'm from outside Baltimore. All right. Um... I am uh, part of a denomination that's maybe whiter than the Lutherans. How? Presbyterian. Okay. Uh, oh, like, it's just how? Like, how? Oh, oh, how? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, okay. that's true. 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 So, so, so question, and I'm, I am ordained, and I guess one of the things that I have really struggled with is my sense of self in those white spaces where mm. I'm serving, where the place I'm serving is predominantly white. And I've, I've had some places, most have been pretty nice to me. Some have been pretty hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is, what is the self-care move for the three of you as you think about how do you keep yourself together in that space, knowing that you have a job to do? Yes. And sometimes the thing that you have to say to that community might put that job in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it there. All right. Can I, can I jump in? Yeah. Great question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I stated earlier, the ELCA had their youth gathering in Houston about two weeks ago. And um, I was on the communications team. And uh, it was about maybe three people of color on the communications team. And I do I was doing videography. So I'm going out getting these pictures and not, not pictures, videos of these young people experiencing God, like mm-hmm. in their most authentic way. And it was about time for me to... Um, to edit a video when I was doing it with another person and they wanted to start the video off with this middle-aged white man saying how he sees God and like I'm at this point is me my black self and like three or four white folk right and I'm like I'm not starting my video with a white man and it was silence because that's my truth and how I take care of myself in these in white spaces to say my truth. And if you if you can't deal with it, that's your problem. I'm not your mammy. I'm not here to take care of you. I'm here to make sure that my truth is spoken. You know. So like, and another thing that I do, I listen to trap music in my when I walk into the office because I need to. I like I, I need to be like ah I gotta get it in because like I'm about to be around vanilla all day. I need to feel like I gotta sell drugs in my head before I go do the Lord's work. You feel me? You know, I, gotta, I gotta feel mercy. that, you know? I love it. So that's, that's, that's one of the ways. I love it. In fact, someone on the communications team was with me in Boston, and she would try to sit down and have breakfast with me, and I would have my headphones in. And, I'm like, and she's like, can I talk? I'm like, I really want to, but I'm selling drugs in my head right now. <laughs> did you say that? I did. It was to the real life. Oh. I did. Well done. I was like, I, yeah. I really want to engage with you, but I can't. I need this time to like sip my tea, like literally sip my tea and sell drugs and like get in that space so that I can deal with, with, with what's about to happen to me. Because I just know that music is very important to my mm-hmm. life and I need to hear those words That's and good. I need to hear these stories and I need to like feel what I feel when I go into these spaces yeah. so that's that's how I, I that's just good. I try to keep it a hundred as much as I can yeah. um because I don't like to lie and I don't like to tell half truths so if I don't if I don't <clears throat> if I don't fuck with something I don't fuck with something you feel me yeah. and I'm not going I'm not I can't not like I'm from Baltimore you know that's how we roll we we keep it we keep it a hundred as much as we can so yeah. What you gonna do? I done said what I said, you know. You gonna fire me, I'm gonna sue you. What's up? Like, you gonna fire me because I told you the truth? Bet. All right, I'm gonna get me a nice lawyer. 
you'll be getting these papers. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking your truth, um, another thing that I have found for myself is surrounding myself with people I know love me, mm-hmm. um, so that when a time comes, if I need it, I can back. I can rely on them to help fill my cup when I feel empty. Um, So that's been a very conscious effort of mine to really surround myself with people I know I can be truly who I am around them. And when I feel like I can't do that with certain people, then I have to release it, right? Mm -hmm. And then continue to surround myself with people I know will not just affirm me, but tell me the truth in love and and speak to me the way that helps me to grow because they don't want me to stay where I'm at, right? People who can just really be true to me and tell me the truth in love, but also tell me the truth of who I am so that I can continue to grow as a person. And I think having that, like those core people in my life has really actually helped me through this process as a seminary and dealing with like what parts can I say what parts can I say right because people are looking um, for the Lutheran church like that's how that's how they roll right they paying attention and if you ain't you know living up to their standards oftentimes you get shafted and so you have to kind of live this like like very Take your time. Be very careful of the things you say and do. Otherwise, you can be like. And this is why I'm not out. going to seminary. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> like, I feel you. Like, I feel no, you. Doug, yeah, like. I hear that, right? But because I'm surrounded in love and because I'm surrounded by people who allow me to be who I am, all of it, mess and all, I don't feel alone and I don't feel like I can't be myself. Mm-hmm. I just know when I can and can't turn things on, mm-hmm. and that's it. So. So I will add that when you are called to systems that do not affirm you, you need to be intentional about thriving, not just surviving. Mm. That'll I, preach. You just be preaching all the time. Yes. It's so beautiful. Keep going. Oh. <laughs> sorry. So I'm sorry, but it's great. Yes. Gotta okay. give you the stank face. I know. Say mm. more, mm. sis. But yeah. the thriving piece is about the mentorship. Yeah. Um, I have mentors, mentors, that's plural. So I have mentors who give me a strategic vision about how to navigate the United Methodist system. I have mentors who are like, you need to take a vacation now. I have my therapist who's like, here's a prescription to take a vacation. Oh my gosh, shout out right? to therapists. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how, do, how are you thriving in these systems that weren't created for us? Because God has called us to them. That is what the kingdom of God is all about. It's like yeah. pulling apart the empire to really reveal the truth. Um, but you have to thrive. Um, and then it also is, you know, um, showing up authentic, like your full authentic self. Um, but that authenticity takes time. It takes nurturing. It takes mentors. Um, but you have to thrive. It's not just about surviving. So I, yeah. I want to make sure that we have. Yeah. So like real quick, just to let y'all know, at, at the end of each podcast, the brilliant Maya here just does this like freestyle poem thing that really kills it every time. So that's where we at. We're gonna do our piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you got a word for us? Um, I do. So usually it's just the three of us. So yeah, I just yeah. go off of what we talked about. But we have a whole a whole group of folk, you know. Um, so can I get three words? Like one person, three people give me one word. Flourish. Flourish. Ah. <laughs> Love. Love. Thrive. Thrive. Uh, okay. All right. 
flourishing. You mind if I just do flourish? Thank you. All right, all right, all right. So flourish, love, and thrive. All right, all right, all right. I'm trying to survive in this system that wasn't made for me to thrive. Trying to show love in a place where all I get is hate and dismay. See, I'm trying to taste what it feels like to really flourish in this place. To feel my grace. To feel the Lord touch my face and know that she looks back at me and sees love. See, I've been blinded. Tied up. Turned around when now I'm this. I'm this. 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 I am this person. Broken, but yet, the, but yet a masterpiece. A mess, but I am in the master's peace. See, uh, I'm just trying to be great. Be what my ancestors thought they would never see. I am their wildest dream come true. 26 and living, thriving, being, flourish, beloved. Peace. I think that's all. Hey. I think that's all. Well done. Was that good? That was very good. All right. Okay. Beautiful. Um... So, thank you all for coming. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We did it. This is awesome. We made it. Like, yeah. high key, this whole weekend was a lot of anxiety for me. So, like, <laughs> this feels really good to be done and over with. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. All right. Um, so, I'm Maya. I'm Tamika. And I'm Laura. And, and we, we are for Collar Girls. Girls. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at 4, F-O-R, Collard, like the greens and girls, like, hey. Um, my personal Instagram and Twitter is Camilla, C-A-M-I-C-A-M-I-L-L-A-D-A-K-I-L-L-A underscore Camilla the Killer, because I slay these words. You feel me? You feel me? Ah, I got that. Um, and when I'm on the tweets. <laughs> I'm not. Laura does not tweet. Laura is our grandmother. I just want to point that out. She She is the grandmother of the group. Oh my, can I tell the hashtag story? Okay, so Laura was tweeting this one time and like she was like, hashtag this, hashtag that and all her hashtags were like Like, together. Like no space in between. Sis, you can't, that's not how we do it. You gotta gotta put a space space between them so they can be. It's it's cool, but yeah. We love you. I'm learning. (laughs) Um, So I would say email me. Laura, <laughs> what's my, your Twitter? What's your Twitter my handle? My Twitter is at L Kiggy. That's so, it. Yeah, just at L Kiggy. Don't don't email her, please. <laughs> oh my god, I will respond. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm Zamika, and my uh, Twitter handle is at TJ underscore Sings. That's at TJ underscore Sings. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate thanks, y'all. you. Make sure you follow us. Yes, I'm real. Yes. Thank y'all. Are we done? We are done. Thank you. Let's get some more.